Well, good evening, everybody. This is the Fakeologist Show. What a streak we've had this week. I think we've been on every single day this week. All you uh, freeloaders are getting your money's worth this week, I'll tell you. But, of course, it's not about the money. It's about the donors. There are donors. And I do keep this list quite accurate. And uh, thank you to Harmon. You've been outstanding this week. Thank you to the other monthly donors. As you can see at fakeologist.com forward slash donate forward slash donors. We've got a great list of people that keep this show alive, keep the website alive. Yeah, this is the Fakeologist here. We do the show Sunday through Thursday around 8 p.m. Toronto time. That's my new word, Toronto time. I'm not going to say Eastern Time because there are people in Australia, people in Europe that are in the East. So Eastern Time means nothing to them. So it's Toronto Time. And all you do is go to, um, what is it, date? Dateful.com. This is my favorite. This is one of the easier sites. Dateful.com. So if you bring up Dateful.com, it'll put your time zone on the left. And if you want to find out wherever for instance let's look up geelong australia it was 12 18 p.m in geelong right now and frank is nowhere to be found highly unusual of frank to not show up for his weekly and how do i know it's his day because if we go to fakeologist.com forward slash live it says here 8 p.m. An ounce of salt every Thursday. 8 p.m., 8 p.m., 8 p.m. So he ain't here. And, of course, Tuesdays is blank, but that is Uncle Vigilante's day. I'll have to fix that up. Now, this is my last show of the week. Although I think I'm going to show up tomorrow at least as a viewer for the 12 p.m. Uncle Vigilante show. Where he is doing some Q&A with an ounce of salt per day regarding just cryptos in general. But I don't think Frank is here tonight. I haven't heard any chimes in my studio. So if you want to call in and part, if you want to be Frank tonight, be Frank. Uh, just call in on the hotline here, 810-666-1984-902-400-1984. I'll just spend uh, some time. Uh-oh. Oh, I forgot I'm on autoplay. Autoplay. That's why it keeps playing. Okay, autoplay off. Yeah, I was watching some John Talks, and the videos are so short that um, I leave it. I leave YouTube on autoplay, and I don't even know how it works. Sometimes it goes to the next video. Sometimes it plays a random video. But in that case, we can turn that off and that off. If you want to call in, I'll answer the phone. I'm on Skype as well. Just hit me up at Fakeologist. Name is Fakeologist. You can definitely come on over and give me a, give me a ringy dingy. I'm also on Discord. I can't interface Discord with Skypey, but if you're in Discord and want to say hello, I will, um, I'll log in there. Just ping me, I suppose, is the right thing to say. And tonight we're streaming, as usual, on 
Fake Tube, of course. We're on YouTube. We are on Facebook. Unknown Causes is the group. We are on DLive and Twitter. If you guys want to uh, send a chat there, you can. Uh, but of course, if you want to have your chat last forever, go to Fake Tube and say hi. We got Skate and Destroy. Is in the house. We've got Jacquois is in the house. Epic Souls is in the house. Hi, guys. Any of you guys want to call in, you're welcome to. In the meantime, I'm going to just quickly go through the blog, uh, if, if that's possible. Uh, maybe go through the forums a bit. Look at that, 117 notifications. So that's how far behind I am reading my own forum. And... Uh, Dirty Benny's active there. Rachel's very active in the forums. Napoleon. I got pages of stuff to try and keep up with. And coming up, coming up in the next week, we have the wonderful Cindy Niles. Cindy Niles from Australia, who's looking into Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, the technocratic takeover. She's been talking about this for years communitarianism we'll have her on as well of course I have a new favorite female right this second it seems like the females are doing the best research when it comes to breaking down this whole COVID thing absolutely crazy absolutely crazy what's going on and I'm going to um, maybe I'll play a little bit of this video on FacoTube. It's called the COVID Kill Box. And can I talk about that on YouTube? I don't know. It looks like I have one person on YouTube. I think that I better hang up on YouTube early tonight because we'll get right into the COVID, the COVID operation. And I don't know if what we're going to talk about will survive the censors on YouTube, but that's why we are on FacoTube. FacoTube is our own platform. We don't care if we get censored. And I have invited some other people onto FacoTube. Like I told Cindy Nile, she's allegedly in Facebook jail. I said, you're welcome to stream on FacoTube. I actually wouldn't mind if somebody did a live stream using their phone on FacoTube. It is possible. I have done it before. That's not my thing. But it does work, and um, it probably needs work. And if someone wanted to test drive it, a favorite truther like Cindy, I'd be happy. And if she encountered any issues with it, then we could work with a developer to tune it up. Because I don't think too many people use the platform that FacoTube is based on for live streaming from the phone. Now, I use um, a, a video streamer for my desktop. But it does work with YouTube. It does work from your phone. I know that for a fact. I have tried it, but I, I'm not into taking video of myself and talking into a phone. It just, um, I, it's not about, it's not about me, this whole thing. And I think when you go to these platforms, it's very, uh, look at me, look at me and look what I have to say. But it's more look at me, especially if it's a, it's a cute chick. But other than that, I have no desire to do it. 
The blog, of course, is fakeologist.com forward slash blog. So we're going to say goodbye to YouTube. All you YouTubers, come on over. Come on over to the, the FakeOtube. So let me see here. I'm going to shut her down. And goodbye, YouTube. Okay, so YouTube is off. So now we can talk about this military-grade weapon that is, of course... The COVID operation. Yeah, this is a military operation. And it, for some reason, it reminded me of this whacked out video of Dr. Rima Labo, who I think I mixed up with a couple other truther type doctors. But I remember I used to really enjoy Jesse Ventura's conspiracy theory show. Because at that time, I wasn't really aware of who was talking about 9-11. So I think this was pretty current at the time. I can't remember what year it was. Probably the year I started looking. And this woman came on and she was just spouting some crazy talk. At least that's what I thought. I thought this would never happen, would it? So I'll play a bit of this for you. Within days, arrangements are made. The renegade physician agrees to fly into a small area. How could you not like Jesse Ventura, even though the guy's the guy's pro pro clot shot, which is so ironic in in, in it's so ironic that he is when you're uh, when you're watching this show. You, you think he'd be you think he'd be right up there with uh, knowing what's going on, but obviously he's some kind of gatekeeper. He's some kind of gatekeeper. But anyway, this is, this is well produced. This is overproduced. Got music and got the plane flying in. It's probably all phony baloney. But what she says is what really was starting to ring true in wake of what I'm now researching and have been researching, which I think I agree with, but I'm not sure I'll ask you guys. So listen a bit more. Field in the Midwest. Only if the governor will meet her there and only for a brief time. Thanks for coming. Now, you've left the United States of America. Yes, sir, I have. Why? I do not feel safe living in the United really? States. Do you want to come in and sit down? No, sir, I'd rather not. You'd rather just be here so you can make a fast exit if you as have to. As soon as you and I finish, You're out I'm here. leaving the country again. Why? Because in a very short time, not today, not tomorrow, but very soon, we'll be facing compulsory vaccination under the mistaken term of voluntary vaccination. Are you talking to me now about the, the current swine flu? I am. Talking about. Now, what is it about these vaccinations? You think that they're bad? Well, first of all, let's start with the fact that the World Health Organization has decided that we have 90% too many people. The World Health Organization has been working since 1974 on vaccines to create permanent sterility. Doctor, the response is going to be, you're crazy. How can you say this stuff? I show them the documentation. Now, this is pretty shocking. This process has already been ongoing. To make matters worse, 
we know that the vaccines that were illegally approved by the FDA contain a substance called squalene. Squalene, an organic compound used in vaccines to stimulate the immune system and increase the response. If I inject you with squalene, your immune system will attack the squalene, but then it starts attacking all of the parts of your body. What does that look like when you meet a person to whom that is happening? It looks like Gulf War syndrome. It looks like every joint in the body swollen and intolerably painful. Okay, so there she is there. Now, while you were watching that, I did bring her up, and she is. she has a website here. Dr. Rima Truth Report. So she still is around. And, uh, I, w- <laughs> so she's kind of right. I don't know about the squalene part, but I do believe that this thing is hurting or killing people to some degree. So why don't we just see what she's talking about right now? Prognostications for, uh, 2023. I think there was something here. Let's just see what she's talking about. So she's still, she's still out there. It was kind of cute back in the day. Here it is, 2022, and it's cold. I don't know. Um, you can't, you can't actually trust those oh, predictions, geez. can right. you? In 1989, the United Nations published a dire climate warning that said in 30 years, the levels of the ocean would have risen to... Okay, so I'm going to download that one, maybe listen to that tomorrow. Let me just add that to my um, to my files there. I'm going to put this rumble page, a show note. Oops. Where, what happened here? Okay, so this is Dr. Rima Truth Reports. I'll put a link to this in the show notes. That'll be show note number numero uno for tonight. And by the way, uh, Announce of Salt is not here tonight. Just so you know, I'm going to take his name off the billboard. And let me just check my email, see if he checked in. Nope. Very strange. Very strange for Frank not to show up. Hope he's okay down there in G-Long. Maybe he thought, because I did say that I reserved tonight for him. Because I wanted to have Cindy on, but because I saw Thursday was Frank's, I didn't do anything. But maybe he got mixed up with that statement. So anyway, we're going to take his name off the billboard and just call this the Fakeologist Show. With just little old me. And just change the label. Change the label. Here we go here. And... uh that way, when you're looking at the screen, it'll look more accurate. It's Did I say it was February 16th? Thursday, February 16th, the end of the week, the end of the fakeologist week? Okay, so there's that. And what else does Dr. Rima have to say? Actually, the first thing I clicked was Z Media. And this is an interesting individual. And... Uh, this this lady here is another Australian. So here you go. So she was talking We're to... We're joined today by Dr. Rima Labo. Uh, Dr. Rima, as she's affectionately known, a graduate of Albert Einstein College of Medicine, who believes passionately in the informed consent right of Americans to choose their own health paths. 
She's practiced drug-free natural medicine for nearly 50 years by seeking the underlying cause of every illness and ailment and treating that root cause. Now, Dr. Rima is someone that I've been waiting to speak to for a little, uh, quite quite some time because I've not heard anyone break down Codex Alimentarius in the way that she does, but also her understanding of the, the corruption of the pharmaceutical industry and what's leading to this global health dictatorship is uh is 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 amazing so uh she's got a weekly podcast uh you can listen live at peopleforpeople.ning.com that's three to five p.m amt on tuesdays you can also find uh dr rima's podcast on rumble and opensourcetruth.com dr rima thank you so much for joining us today it is my pleasure thank you so much for inviting me to talk about things that i wish were not true Absolutely. Things that we wish weren't true and things that we wish that the mainstream would actually report on. But, um, okay. I kind of like this, uh, Maria Z. I've never heard of her really before, but I'll put a show note for her. She'll be show note number two. You might uh, like to listen to her. The reason I found Maria Z is because for some reason I found this video, which actually was pretty good. And that brought to my attention Catherine, Catherine Watt of baileywicknews.substack.com and this is a very interesting one get started into this i mean i haven't seen a presentation as comprehensive as yours to be honest with you on this subject i think you've done a phenomenal job in putting it all together and a lot of research this is another pennsylvania woman that is remind me of allison mcdowell just another what seems like a housewife that is a deep dive researcher. It's it's a little strange, but I suppose that uh, there are people that spend tons of time digging into it. I'm grateful for them. I think it's fantastic. But man, does she ever lay it out? So this this is where I was introduced to Catherine Watt of BaileyWickNews.substack.com, and really really interesting. I hope I'm not going down the wrong rabbit hole with this with this person but okay if I am I am I put a clip of her video on FacoTube and that is where I type I, I titled I titled it the COVID kill box so let's bring up this video on FacoTube and uh, how they implemented this military campaign with Catherine Watt just listen a bit there's a little bit of an intro here on January 24th, 2023, a press conference took place discussing the ongoing military deployment of bioweapons. One of the attendees was Catherine Watt, Pennsylvania paralegal and law researcher. And here are her findings in her own words. And let me unmute it because I have it muted so I don't listen to myself back. Unmute the site. We'll go back 10 seconds. Even on Rumble, you can't go back 10 seconds, but on FacoTube, you can. Great site. And the basic idea is that public health has been militarized and the military has been sort of turned into a public health front or um, Potemkin village, such that they are using public health language and public health laws to actually carry out a military campaign. And I would not call them DOD vaccines. I would call them DOD weapons. So I call it the kill box because... We actually call them DOD countermeasures. Have you ever heard of that? That's a warfare term, I guess. 
And this whole idea of the kill box, this is pretty ominous sounding. I'm not in the military or never have been, so I don't understand this terminology, but keep listening. Was the first sort of lead that I had was Todd Callender's January 30th, 2022 interview on Elizabeth Leavleet's podcast called Truth for Health. And he described it as a kill box. And then I looked that up and it turns out it's a military term for establishing a geographic space or three-dimensional area for a military attack by air and by surface to kill the people who are in it and then dismantle the kind of um, framework and move on to the next campaign. And what the DOD and the World Health Organization intend to do and have gotten quite far in doing, but not completely um, reach their goals is to set up the entire world as their geographic terrain, their target population as all the people in the world, the duration of their campaign as permanent, and the weapons that they're using are, number one, informational, that's the propaganda piece and the censorship piece. Number two, psychological, that's the fear and terrorism piece of telling people they need to be afraid all the time and they need to listen to the government. And then the third piece is the chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear weapons, which are called in their campaign pharmaceuticals, vaccines, but are actually toxins and pathogens. Um, so I started, after I heard that interview, I had already been wondering what was going on, but I started trying to um, track down some of the things Todd Callender talked about in his interview and figure out what the legal frameworks were and how they were set up and what the financial coercion mechanisms were. My finding, which many other people have found in various from various other angles, was that this project has been going on for centuries. Um, it's basically globalist central bankers and lots of related organizations trying to get complete control of human beings um, through banking programs and through military programs. And they kicked it into higher gear in 1913 with the Federal Reserve Act. And then they kicked the public health aspect of it into higher gear starting in the 1930s and 40s. Um, before the um, 1960s, they mostly did it through orchestrated armed conflicts and financial depressions and wars which are very loud and messy and destructive to infrastructure. And it makes it difficult for them to have plausible deniability and legal impunity for what they're doing. So in the mid sixties, they got much better at inducing suicide and homicide by fraudulently labeling poisons as medicines or as vaccines or as prophylactics and telling people that submitting to that poisoning process was their civic duty. And that's, we saw that in COVID. Anyway, there's 15 minutes of that. It's clipped from another video, which is called DOD Vaccine Press Conference, Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. I'm just uploading that one now to FacoTube. I watched the whole thing today. It was really worth it. There are a couple other speakers that I think are on point for the most part. And it got me thinking. Yeah, very funny, Skate and Destroy. Yeah, Jacqua, is this Ohio thing a hoax? I don't know. I'm leaning towards it because, hey, there's a movie on Netflix from three, six weeks ago. So, yes, and apparently there's another train derailment tonight in Detroit, allegedly. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm leaning towards it. I wish I had time. If there's anyone on the ground from East Palestine, Ohio, let us know. For sure, it seems extremely fishy. Extremely. 
But anyway, getting back to Catherine Watt. Uh, very interesting. Only the military could have pulled off with such precision this worldwide event. It really does make a ton of sense. And I haven't really heard anyone talk like this. Maybe I thought it was just too conspiratorial, or maybe I got turned off with the idea that it was a bioweapon. But, okay, a bioweapon can just be straight poisoning. It doesn't have to be bacteria, a virus, or anything like that that we are suspicious of. It can just be poison, period. It can be aluminum hydroxide. That's it. That Maybe that's all that's in it, thimerosal. It doesn't have to have anything else in it to poison somebody. It could be arsenic. But the way this woman describes it is just amazing. So I'll play a tiny bit more. With the, the shorthand for do this or you're um, going to kill your grandma. Um, and the way that the pharmaceutical method is primarily useful to them is that plausible deniability is much easier and legal impunity is a lot easier. They can achieve the same goal of killing lots of people without their fingerprints being all over it. Um, I looked into... The coercion cascades, mostly financial. Um, not going to go into a lot of detail with that, but it starts at the top with the Bank for International Settlements, and they can use their control of other federal central banks' access to financial systems, and then all the way down through state governments, national governments, local, municipal, school districts, hospitals, everything. If you comply with what they're telling you to do, as far as masking and testing, isolating yourself, taking injections, then you will get the financial access that you need to run your business or to have a job. And if you don't comply, I tell you, I think it's, I think she's bang on. I really do. And she usually comes along with another woman called Sasha Latapova. Latapova, and a Ukrainian. I don't know if an East or a West Ukrainian. I'm guessing a Western side. And she has a Substack, and she's also very fascinating. And I will play a bit of her stuff. And she's also on tour all the time. You can look her up. Didn't take long to find all her stuff, and she is speaking tons of sense. So here's five minutes. You took the smart route, the owner route, not the CEO route. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. And, um, regarding, so regarding the documentation, uh, Catherine already covered a lot of, uh, legal history and a lot of, um, issues that I typically bring in my presentations. Uh, the confirmation, yeah, I started looking at it from the pharmaceutical non-compliance, um, angle, uh, over a, you know, about two years ago now. And, uh, I, I immediately uncovered huge, uh, deficiencies and problems with how the, uh, development of these so-called vaccines, they're not vaccines, they're, they're biowarfare agents. Uh, and so I uncovered a lot of irregularities from the regulatory perspective, from quality perspective, manufacturing problems. And it was very uh, puzzling to me until I, I found uh, Catherine's um, research and read it. Uh, it was very puzzling to me why no regulatory agency in the world was taking any enforcement action on any of this. Uh, so not not um, the side effects, adverse events, deaths, horrific injuries, horrific numbers of injuries. Uh, very obvious, and uh, so no regulatory agency was able to find them. Still, they can't, uh, and uh, the, uh, they also never took any enforcement action on all the manufacturing non-compliance violation of all the uh, good manufacturing practice laws, distribution laws, good laboratory practices, and import-export rules. Uh, so none of this is being enforced, and, and uh, that was the biggest 
question to me until I found uh, the legal basis and that immediately the, the universe started making more sense uh, because really this is what it is. This is uh, a military operation. This is a military, um, it's war crimes and atrocities covered up as a health event. Um, so when I, what I cover in my presentations is also a, a number of inconsistencies. But by the way, all of the materials I'm covering are public documents. They have been public. They're not secret. Uh, they have been public for a long time now. Some from the very beginning, some were more recently available available through FOIAs. Um, and uh, what was immediately evident, and, and that this was public since 2020, is that in the U.S., the response of the government to this so-called pretend health event uh, was uh, as if they were responding to a war. And um, they put National Security Council in charge of COVID policy. This is completely irregular because uh, it, according to all previous plans, uh, for pandemic preparedness, except the 2020 version, uh, the uh, HHS was supposed to be in charge, which is reasonable because they're a health agency. Uh, now we have National Security Council in charge. National Security Council is consists of uh, primarily defense and intelligence heads and does not have any health representatives on it. Then uh, further, Operation Warp Speed from the very beginning was advertised to us. Anyway, basically, she's just laying out that it was a, strictly a military operation. There's no doctors involved. This is a bioweapon. And it's, it's unbelievable. And you remember the story about Pfizer w trying to say that if the country of, was it Brazil or one of the South American countries, if they didn't submit and if they didn't accept or push back against the Pfizer vaccine, they'd lose their military base. And we were all wondering, what does that have to do with Pfizer? How does Pfizer have that power? No, it was the U.S. military. They're the ones that are sort of doing this, this swap between a military operation and, and a Pfizer operation. Now, it's, it makes way more sense that this is the military. So there you go. The U.S. military has been hi hijacked by the globalists for their own purposes and they're using it to run this whole operation on a worldwide basis and think about it, what other operation what other infrastructure is worldwide the US military they have bases in almost every country that's what it is so this is really making tons of sense to me yes oh you know military is just going to help with logistics where uh, their own documents presented to uh, vaccines in a, a related uh, biologics advisory committee in October 2020 demonstrate that, that that's not quite true. The organizational chart uh, is headed by the Department of Defense, their chief operating officer. Uh, two thirds of leadership is uh, uh, military. Most of them have no health experience. A lot of them are high ranking uh, military, such as generals. Uh, so uh, what's going on? And then uh, also the whole organizational structure, while it includes pharmaceutical companies, it's also very, very top heavy, the government. So as Catherine said, it's a government merger with pharmaceutical companies, which is different from treating them as private manufacturers violating good manufacturing practice laws. As I said, that, that part is not being enforced at all. And the only reason that's being allowed is because they're now part of the government. So they've merged with the government and they're, uh, and the government is giving them tremendous amount of money funneling billions into them so that they just shut up and follow the orders. Uh, and in fact, it's the government, uh, you know, headed by uh, Department of Defense. Reporting to the, to the Fed, reporting to the international bankers, uh, is running this campaign. They're in charge of designing 
so-called clinical trials. They're in charge of uh, all the uh, administration of them, manufacturing, systems, security, uh, legislative affairs, and legal affairs. So the Department of Justice is their lawyers. So uh, Department of Justice were defending Pfizer's commercial interest in court, where Pfizer lawyers didn't even bother to show up. That's just another demonstration of that this is a government operation. Um, also, uh, BARDA and Operation Warp Speed bragged about awarding tremendous amounts of money, billions and billions, you know, half a billion to two to ten billion for Pfizer. And uh, all of these contracts that became available described the scope as uh, large-scale manufacturing demonstration, prototype, countermeasure. Um, also, the same contracts uh, define out-of-scope clinical trials, preclinical trials, uh, chemistry manufacturing controls, and good manufacturing practice compliance, out-of-scope. The government never purchased it. The government never paid for it. Uh, and, in fact, as Catherine has demonstrated, uh, because of this use of emergency use authorized uh, countermeasures under public health emergency cannot constitute clinical investigation statute. That means that the FDA has no business regulating these things, and they know it. They absolutely do know it. So do the top, top uh, senior executives of pharma companies, yet they proceed pretending that there were these uh, so-called clinical trials and preclinical trials and compliance. Um, so that's that's the biggest lie that was sold to the American public, that this is a health event. It's not. That these are vaccines. They're not. Uh, it, it is a military operation. It is biowarfare, terrorism and atrocity conducted all over the world. Um, and they're using biowarfare agents and they want to inject every person numerous times with them. Um, so uh, I think at this point, that's... The- yeah, I thought that was really well said. I, I don't know if you could follow that with the accent and with a bad microphone, but it makes a ton of sense to me. And I don't really have much to say against that. So there you go. The COVID, the COVID kill shot. Or kill box, rather. What? That, so I'm going to start listening to these women for the next couple of days. It's really amazing how this works. You just keep pulling strings and all these people you never heard of come up. And uh, I hope they're real. They seem real to me. And uh, one of them, Catherine Watt, brought up this interesting term. Have you guys ever heard of this called kayfabe? Kayfabe? Kayfabe. Ever heard of kayfabe? Do you know about, obviously everyone here knows about worldwide wrestling. And I never heard of the word. So we're going to click on this link and go to Wikipedia. Kayfabe. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Why don't we go to the dictionary and see. We saying that right? What do I press here? Google kayfabe. It says it's it's Arabic. Kayfabe. Oh, okay. So there's a... Kayfabe. Kayfabe. Okay, it's also Arabic? Kayfabe. That's funny. Kayfabe. Extension options. I can get more languages? No. Okay, so there it is. Kayfabe. Okay, what does it mean? In professional wrestling, kayfabe is the portrayal of staged events within the industry as real or true. Specifically, the portrayal of competition, rivalries, and relationships between participants as being genuine and not staged. The term kayfabe has evolved to also become a code word of sorts for maintaining this reality within the direct or indirect presence of the general public. Kayfabe in the United States is often seen as the suspension of disbelief that is used to create the non-wrestling aspects of promotions such as feuds, angles, and gimmicks in a manner similar to other forms of fictional entertainment. In relative terms, 
A wrestler breaking kayfabe during a show would be likened to an actor breaking character on camera. Also, since wrestling is performed in front of a live audience, whose interaction with the show is crucial to its success, kayfabe can be compared to the fourth wall in acting, since hardly any conventional fourth wall exists to begin with. In general, everything in a professional wrestling show is to some extent scripted or kayfabe, even though at times it is portrayed as real life. Kayfabe was fiercely maintained for decades, but with the advent of the internet wrestling community and the sports entertainment movement, the pro wrestling industry has become less concerned with protecting so-called backstage secrets and typically maintains kayfabe only during the shows. It is occasionally broken during shows, usually when dealing with genuine injuries during a match or paying tribute to wrestlers. So kayfabe, there you go. And thank you, Catherine Watt, for pointing that out. I'd never heard of it. Not one person ever on the Fakeologist site has mentioned it. Kayfabe. I'm not a wrestling fan. But uh, I don't think I ever thought it was real. But when they were slamming each other down real hard, even if it is acting and fake, it still looked like it would hurt. <laughs> so even if you're you're just pretending to throw the guy. I don't really know how you can pretend to throw someone or drop him down six feet because any which way you slice it, it would hurt. But I guess they backed off just enough so they wouldn't actually kill each other. Not Shock says the Federal Reserve controls everything in the U.S., including the military. Yeah, I didn't really know that. Now I'm, I'm shocked at that. Well, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna dive deep into, uh, this person here. What's her name? Sasha Latipova. Latipova. And here's her substack. And it's pretty fascinating. It's pretty fascinating that what she and Catherine have put together, it's crazy. Just suffice it to say, everything that's happening has been checked out. It's not random. They have built this fantastic infrastructure. And it is, I can't even believe I'm talking about it. It just seems so bizarre that we're in the middle of a worldwide military takeover. It's, it's, if you told me this was actually happening, I, I just would never have believed it. And she goes into this, um, this Project Veritas controlled opposition thing. Um, I don't know. Did she? She actually did a really good job breaking it down. You remember this stupid video? Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. Don't tell anyone this story. You probably should tell You probably should tell anyone. We're exploring, like, not. You know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, she does a really good job breaking down this goofball. Anyone that's a skeptic would know that this 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 is completely staged. This couldn't have been a guy working at Pfizer. He just I don't know if he looks the part because I don't know what people that work at Pfizer actually look like. But really, it seems like Pfizer is just a Potemkin company. It almost seems like it's a shell 
military operation front company. R- really, that's that's what I think. Just reading from Sasha that we're talking about here, it's it's pretty interesting. So here, she I've never heard anyone describe it this way, this person this way. She says, first about this person. I don't know who he is. Some people are now trying to verify whether he works at Pfizer. Let's assume that he does work at Pfizer for now. His title of, is Director of R&D Operations and Scientific Planning. Everyone should understand that this area is not a science area. He does not work in a lab. He pushes paper, makes PowerPoints and other documents and talks to vendors. Pfizer outsources all scientific and clinical trial work. Nobody inside Pfizer does anything related to the product to avoid liability and to have contractors commit fraud on their behalf so that the executives always have plausible deniability. See, they always structure these things so you can't go after them. Or if you get through, there's no one there or they're just front people. It's it's really well set up. In addition, this guy is not intelligent. He's drunk, but he, he, he is also clearly average IQ. This is exactly the type of, that Pfizer has hired in droves in the past decade or so while getting rid of intelligent, experienced people who know how to design and develop drugs because they ask too many inconvenient questions and would not be easily bamboozled into implementing mass murder under the moniker of COVID response. Of course, this guy has no morals. He is talking about mutating virus or directed evolution and describes it in the same way Peter Daszak and Ralph Barak do in their proposals to the NIH. Same terms, same experimental designs and ideas, and this same script has been in existence for decades. Do you know how I know? I have a book on biochemical weapons published in 1970 in the Soviet Union, and I also have one published by the NIH in 2018. They repeat the same things and concepts. Pfizer guy probably got a script from Barda DARPA memos. I've heard of DARPA. What's BARDA? I'm going to look that up. BARDA. Must have something to do with the military. BARDA is Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority. Okay, the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority is a U.S. Department of Health and Human Services office responsible for the procurement and development of medical countermeasures. Countermeasures. Let's look up countermeasures. I think that's a military term. Countermeasure is a measure or action taken to counter or offset another one. As a general concept, it implies precision and is technical, technological or tactical solution or system designed to prevent an undesirable outcome in the process. The first known use of the term was in 1923. And then it says click wiki. And then it, okay, so it started in 1923. Countermeasures can refer to the following disciplinary spectrum, medicine, medical, materials engineering, electromagnetic engineering, policing, information technology, law, diplomatic security, pollution prevention, aviation. Countermeasure. Fortification is a passive countermeasure. Okay, that's interesting. Wow, all these terms are... We're learning. So BARDA, getting back to the original thing. Pfizer guy probably got his script from BARDA DARPA memos. BARDA funds 50% of the pharmaceutical R&D today. Wow. It is, however, a narrative. So the government really is printing the money to create these weapons that basically creates 
half of the U.S. economy. But they're not socialists. <laughs> well, they're not socialists in the sense that they're doing anything really to directly help people. But they're helping the millionaires and billionaires that own the U.S., I suppose, and, and England. Um, here we go. It is, however, a narrative. There is no way to mutate viruses in a lab in the way they all imply to artificially make them deadlier and more transmissible at the same time. This is a propaganda fairy tale, fairy tale which is, has a very specific goal. You should be very concerned about any person on their side or ours who repeats it with a serious face. Very, very interesting. So she really breaks this down. And here's a highlight. I think I heard her say this. The perpetrators desperately at all costs need you to believe that mutating viruses in a lab achieve some very scary result that then can be leaked, that anyone can do it, even a PhD student in their garage, that our enemies are doing it and will release a super scary bug anytime now unless the government is prepared by making a stockpile or predictive vaccines that can be deployed in days after a new scary virus is detected in China or Timbuktu. So yeah, their, their excuse is we have to, we have to develop it so we can make the antidote. The same old story. So that's why the government says we have to be ahead of the bad guys because if we don't do it, the bad guys will and they'll kill us all. And then she goes into, um, you know, the old mafia story. So really well done. Not too, wow, she got a ton of uh, praise to 875 comments. But she's right on top of it. But I would definitely check this woman out. Sasha Ladapova. Good speaker. And, uh, that's my find for the last couple of days. Check her out. Check it out. Okay, it is 9.03. I'll stay with you for another few minutes. Um, looks like we've got, looks like the, the live stream is working tonight. It, it uh, my next project is to um, get another Velo box. I bought another Velo box piece of hardware, but I don't know how to d put the software on. But I'm going to learn about that in the next few days. I, that's my that's my goal to teach myself a little bit of software upgrading. Um, I don't up I don't use software to upgrade hardware too often, but uh, I think it's time I should figure it out. Okay, here we go. Uh, so we've got Houston. Houston is always logged into our audio stream, which is interesting. Whoever's in Houston listening to the restream or the replays, thank you very much. But it's uh, pretty interesting, actually, that you would do something and be hooked up for nine hours at a time. So that's cool. It uh, looks like we have somebody in France on their iPhone. So that's interesting. We have the United Kingdom and somewhere in the United States. I don't like how this thing doesn't break down where these people are, but that's fine. So thank you guys for listening to the live audio stream. If you want all the links, fakeologist.com forward slash live. Here are all the links here. Audio, video, Facebook, DLive, Twitter, YouTube. So there you go. There is, there are all the links at fakeologist.com forward slash live. And um, let's see how many people are listening on 
Facotube. Where is Facotube? Just type it in. We have how many people listening on Facotube right now? It is a little slow to up, up, blah, to update the count. I don't know why. Maybe we haven't paid enough to them this month. But thanks everyone for listening on Facotube. That's kayfabe. And here's my post on the COVID kill box. Well, I got this off Vox Day. I titled it Recycled Crisis Actors. Apparently somebody was at, was a, somebody was a survivor of the Sandy Hoax event. And then apparently there was a Michigan State mass shooting a few days ago. I don't follow any of these anymore, but that was a thing. And so Vox Day breaks down. Well, what would the chances be? What would the chances be that one would be at two mass shootings in their entire lifetime? And he worked out that the odds of this would be 1 in 88 million. Which is funny. Because he says, which is more likely than winning the Powerball or B, being killed by a vending machine? (laughs) So that was funny. Fox Day, if you don't know, is... I find him one of the better bloggers and I do listen to read all his stuff. I don't know. I think he's in Catalina and, uh, he has some pretty good links and some pretty good takes. And this is the thing that I thought was strange. He said, since the public expression of any doubt about mass shootings is now punishable by a $3 billion fine in America. Has anyone ever heard that before? Is he just talking about Alex Jones or what? I've never heard of that. Have any of you guys heard of that? Not me. What's he? Is he on Voxologies on Bitchute? What is this? I don't know this. Oh, he has a he has a stream. Oh, I see. He had a stream. This is interesting. I heard that Bitchute's not working that well. That seems okay. So he used to do a podcast. I mean. It was so bad. <clears throat> it was so bad that Rondatsa didn't even have any need to get pugnacious. I mean, it was it was pretty. This is why I don't go on camera. I don't look. I don't look like this. But again, why? Why would you do a podcast when you look like? It's not really. Not really a visual treat and not use a good microphone. So I ain't going to listen to that. But apparently he had a podcast. But he's a really great writer, really good blog. And Uncle Vigilante is the one that pointed that guy out to me. Check him out, Vox Day. Let me just come back to the FacoTube chat. Make sure you jump in the FacoTube chat because all your chats turn into comments in the finished video product. 
Al Cool says train derailments in Texas and South Carolina. Okay. And Not Shock says universities do research for the Federal Reserve as well. Right. And you're in Georgia. Tunax, you came over to the FACO tube chat. Well done. And, uh, Jacques says being at two mass shootings reinforces the lie. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what Vox is talking about. A three billion dollar fine. He must be joking about the Alex Jones fine. Whatever that insane number was for doubting or speaking out against and then flipping on the Sandy Hoax thing. Pretty crazy. Okay, let's go back to Fakeologist blog. Don't forget, uh, if you want to call in, I'll take a five-minute call. Call on Skype. Call on our phone number, 810-666-1984. You can hit me on Discord. I still don't see any sign of Frankie Poo. And, uh Yeah. No Frank tonight, but Frank usually comes on on Saturday morning or Sunday morning, Toronto time. But we'll see if he shows up those two days. We got the COVID kill box. This is all on Fakeologist blog. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, Denny Rancor, another Canadian, has a pretty good blog. And what does he have to say? He is doing research on the dead. And let's see if his blog comes up here. But he's busy breaking down data, excess deaths. And here his, his here is his abstract. It is well established from autopsy studies and adverse effect monitoring that the COVID-19 vaccines can cause death. The vaccine dose fatality rate, which is the ratio of vaccine-induced deaths to vaccine doses delivered in a population, has recently been measured by us to be as large as 1% in India. And when vaccine equity campaigns were applied in high-poverty states of the U.S., to be, wait, oh wow, so it's 1% in the high poverty states of the USA. And the rate is 0 0.05 in Australia. And what else do we have here? Here we provide the first empirical evaluations of age stratified VFDRs, vaccine dose fatality rates, VDFRs. We find that VDFR increases dramatically with age for older adults, being exponential with a doubling time of approximately 5.2 plus or minus 0.4 years. As a result, the VF, VDFR is an order of magnitude greater in the most elderly population then the all population value reaching 0.6% for the 80 plus years age group in Israel and 1% for the 85 plus group in Australia. Compared to 0.1% for young adults less than 45 years old. 
So, of course, it's the inverse as usual, that the elderly need the dose the most. The, the only way that they could justify that is if they want to kill the elderly, which, of course, we know that they do because they are at the top of a useless eater pile when it comes to the malevolent Malthusian credo of these elite that are running the place or we should just call them BIS bankers Bank of International Settlement bankers they're the ones that want to get rid of the useless eaters and that's how they consider anyone 80 plus that's why they say they need the vaccine the most yeah if you want to get rid of them so that's Denny Rancor he is doing a ton of research and where is he click on the contact he is in Ottawa and he is with the Civil Liberties Association and he is doing good work tons of graphs you can even donate to him well be a patron of his does he have any patron does he have a lot uh, only three patrons oh, I guess he just started or maybe he's not really doing it at all I don't I have a patreon here by the way and uh, anyone can uh, donate on patreon I don't recommend it I do not recommend patreon they take too much and who knows how long they're going to be around. But, uh, of course, if you want to donate, just donate directly at fakeologist.com forward slash donate. This service here, the donor box, I think they only take 3%. PayPal's a lot, a few points more. Of course, Epic Cash using the Veet wallet, which Harmon used the other day. That, uh, takes almost nothing. That takes almost nothing. So feel free to do that or the epic pay wallet that's pretty much free to send these are all on fakeologist.com forward slash donate okay maybe one more story here so let's go back to the blog and then we're gonna have to go i like to keep this to an hour i don't think most people hang around for more than an hour but yeah you don't want to be in that one percent these one percent of seniors that are being knocked off and that, of course, helps explain the excess death rate, which is off the charts in places like Germany. Why Germany? I do not know. Other than the fact they are taking up the, the case, the cause, more than anyone else. Now, I did talk yesterday with Alan Mercer. Well, he just randomly called. And he looked like he was a good guy to talk to. Let's see. Let's click on the replies see what the comments are and we have Napoleon Wilson and here we go Napoleon says I'm an hour in I love this guy I can't tell he ain't happy rock on Alan neither am I ab showing someone something so they can see it with their own eyes in reference to the carbon credit comment from Harmon is not proof they're going to do something or finish their evil plan. Yes, C-O-Z. CO2 is the bad guy now on display. 
But that was the third page of the script, so it's never about caring. It's always about scaring. Carbon credit and crypto are the same in the long run. And this, let's just finish here. And this, they use is with the script readers that conveniently get a copy beforehand. F them. They all fall short of having any balls. One more thing. Every topic bar one on fakeologists can be discussed. And is discussed on every other website in the world. Even Tycho's model is on here in Clues Forum. And then here is a, uh, a, a Denny video. And he goes on. Check that out. So that's a comment. Another fantastic chat. The smoking ban part was interesting. I have heard different rumors as to where that solution came from. Actually heard it came from a study into the effects of new diesel on the lungs way back in the 90s. Anyway, a great chat again. Thank you, Napoleon. Yeah, you know, I don't think diesel's great for the lungs. I don't think the diesel exhaust fluid soot, and there's not much that comes out. I know I work beside one all day long. I don't think that's any good for your lungs either. I always have this permanent stink in my nose. And uh I don't like it. Uh, what else we got here? The recent blog comments, recent forum activity. Okay, so if you want to, I've also got the forum RSS feed on this page too. So here we go. Let's click on this. This will bring us to the forums. And as you may have heard, Raquel Welch allegedly died. And Dirty Benny makes a post here. Actress Raquel Welsh. Uh, by the way, this is in the elite gender inversion category. Denny, Dirty Benny is a specialist there. And most people on this part of the blog believe that Raquel Welsh was a man. Another transvestite with boobs. And here we go. Raquel Welsh said that her former co-star Mae West from 1970s film Myra Breckenridge was a man. And that's one thing Raquel Welsh did a couple times, making comments that this was a man, that was a man. So let's see what she has to say here. This is diva on diva. Oh, okay, this is interesting. Oh, right, I think this was in the show. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what you've all been waiting for, the man killer. The moment of truth has finally arrived. <laughs> book that couldn't be written is now the motion picture that couldn't be made. Myra Breckenridge. Okay. And here we go. So what else we got here? I think we played that before. What else did he say? I wasn't there, but in the video posted, it has the clip from a live interview at Lincoln Center. From 2012, in front of an audience with Rocky telling the story, I believe. Okay. I find this fascinating as another example of the Joan Rivers conundrum. If this is such a guarded secret of these entities, why would these known liars put the truth out? My position is they wouldn't. I know you know this, Al. My current model is that the transgender agenda is cover for obscuring the true alien nature of these ruling entities. Okay. 
Here's a the share show. Two transvestites, Cher and Raquel Will. Good girl, Raquel. You tell them. You know, they're always rushing me, and I'm not ready either. Oh, darn it. There goes another nail. I know what you mean. I broke one yesterday. <laughs> Honey, are you about ready? No, my hair is a mess. I've got a thing to wear. Well, I wouldn't be caught dead after all. I can wash out 44 pairs of socks and have them hanging out on the line. I can starch and iron two dozen shirts before you can count from one to nine. Scoop of a great big dipper full of lard from the drippings can. Throw it in the skillet, go out and do my shopping, be back before it melts in the pan. I'll say it again. I can rub and scrub this house. Now, Mr. E, who is a favorite, did Raquel. Let's just see if I can find it here, Mr. E. I don't know if I can. Raquel Welch, Mr. E. Well, I don't know. I know he did do it. Let's see. Raquel Welch, Mr. E. Let's see if I can find it here. Okay. Oh, this is on, uh, somebody put it on archive.org. Okay. <laughs> I'll just see if I can find it on Odyssey real quick. At the same time, Mr. E was on the other day, and we like to have him on. And lots of tributes in memoriam. That's funny. Okay. Mr. E did her. Let's see if it plays. Well, what do we have here? Raquel Welch as a little boy. Just take out those pigtails. All right. Now, some of you are saying, but Mr. E, look at the hips. It has the hourglass figure of a woman. And it certainly does, right? It certainly does. goes out and it comes in. The only problem is that it comes in too soon, comes in too low. Male hips end right about there. These are actually male hips. That end here. I took out a couple of ribs. She is here. Why don't we see more ribs here? In fact, you can see clearly there's no rib right here. Up until this point, this looks like the first rib. Below that, there are no ribs. And all you got to do is check your own body. You can see how far your own ribs come down. And they come down lower than that. So this is one or two ribs removed. And then it caves in the abdomen area, the waist area caves in. If these were real female hips, they would come into the waist above the belly button, well above. These come in right about equal or even below. Okay. Now she's bending, so it looks like it's coming in way up there. She looks like she has these huge hips, but this is just leg right here. And over here, it comes in there. Wide shoulders. Look at that uh, shoulder area of a man. Large arms, long arms, long muscular legs. Again there. The wide shoulders, much wider than the hips. 
had some kind of hip work done. But see, actually, she's got those male hips that come in right there. And what this is, is kind of the lower abdomen, what would normally be like love handle area. She just removed some ribs here. That's all she did. Remove a couple of ribs. You're going to get that unusually thin waist. See, that's not natural waist at all. Well, what do we have here? The square jaw. Look at the skull. She looks like a tranny, right? But then it's the waist. And this is what's been fooling me sometimes. Because I look at the waist. And the best way to fool me is to fool around with the waist. But we can see clearly these hips come up to there. Female hips would come up to here. You would have a shape more like this. And it would come in above the belly button. See how high that belly button is compared to the crotch. The female would be lower. The indentation would come up here. It would not end there. These hips are ending too low. These are male hips. They're big uh, hands, long arms, wide shoulders, wider than the hips. Okay, this is something I found called transgender aesthetic surgery. Types of procedures, male to female. Okay, so that is Mr. E. Fantastic stuff. I'm going to actually put that on FacoTube because everyone's going to be looking at it. Here's another thing. Here's another. I think this is another Mr. E. video. If a guy was going to change his sex and wanted to be like a movie star type of girl. So Raquel Welsh talked about gender inversion all the time. All the time. Don't you think he might want to look like me? Are you a beautiful lady movie star? <laughs> I got the answer from them. That's a yes. I want to hear the voice, though. Thank you. Oh. It's not difficult to get a female voice. I, uh, I'd like to go to Israel also and to India. It takes practice. You have to keep working at it. It was not until I was halfway through the story that I realized she had been a male who had changed his sex. In 1968, Gore comes out with Myra Breckenridge, which lands him on the cover of Time, Newsweek, Look, and Life. There are going to be a number now of sex change movies uh, that are being planned. Yeah, I think so. Um, I would really like to see Myra Breckenridge. Uh, I've seen it three times now, and only once with a straight audience. Uh, my husband and I once saw it together. We were straight. <laughs> but if you keep at it and do a little bit every day... Eventually, you'll find the voice that you want, and it'll sound really good. And happy in being the most extraordinary woman in the world. <laughs> That's the ball game. Where I want to be is sounding more feminine, and I feel like that being able to get to a feminine voice is going to open doors for me. Because of the fact that it was the first time I had seen somebody deal with a duality in the nature of both male and female. My parents and some family members are not. Okay, well, I think I'm going to wrap it up now. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. I will uh, play my normal play-out music. This is the Fakeologist Show. We talk about anything and everything that you would never find on other sites. We talk about COVID. We talk about 9-11. We talk about elite gen version. We talk about all kinds of deceptions. This is a an amazing website, if I do say so myself, when it comes to variety. I don't mind politics. 
I love finding new researchers that are breaking down what we're what we're in right now. I like esoterica, so that's why I show up with Uncle Rick on Sundays. Hopefully, I'll make sure that the audio box is working well. Even if it's not, it does get recorded, and uh, I'll make sure it's working though for you, for you, Rick. Sorry, Frank didn't make it tonight. Frank, or anyone else that's a scheduled guest, if you can't make it, I don't mind. Just let me know. I need to know. Thanks everyone for supporting the uh, blog and the and the video site FacoTube. I appreciate it. We uh, appreciate everyone who comes by to help out. So I'm gonna. That was a mystery video. Okay, it was on YouTube. Oh, somebody uh, has it on YouTube as well. Only 365 views. But it's also, of course, on FacoTube. And on archive.org. So I'm going to upload another Raquel Welch video done by Mr. E. And I'll put that here in the Fakeologist forums. Make sure you check it out. Thank you, Not Shock, Skate Destroy, Tunax, Epic Souls, El Cool, Jacquois. Thanks, everyone, for joining in. And uh, thank you, Tunax. Sometimes it's a good show. Sometimes I do okay flying solo. Nobody called in tonight. That's okay, too. I'm going to turn off the phones. Now, you can always call back and leave a message. I'll play your message if you don't want to go live. If you want to make a bumper, fake11.com forward slash bumper. Make a bumper for us. Record your voice. Don't forget, uh, do I have a guest on Sunday? Fakeologist.com forward slash live. I don't have a guest on Sunday. I do have a guest on Monday, though. Monday, 8 p.m., Cindy Niles. She'll be joining. He's on Facebook. And hopefully we'll have a good chat. I really like her stuff. I've downloaded all her, fake, her Facebook videos. And uh, she should be worth listening to. Tomorrow at 12 o'clock, go search Uncle Vigilante on YouTube. I may join in there, although that's when Frank's supposed to show up. And that's about it. Enjoy the rest of the week. And we'll see if we can line up some guests for next week. Next week's show. And, of course, don't forget to donate if you are so inclined. Thank you. And have a good night.